that wasn't a concern of the representatives in that particular area. And so um, compounding all of those issues and all of those um, discrimination tactics, uh, we find ourselves here in 2023 still dealing with uh, an issue that should have been you know, resolved um, in the 1960s, I would say. Welcome in. Another fantastic week of your favorite political podcast, Alabama Politics This Week, brought to you by the fine folks at Wind Creek Entertainment. Uh, I am Josh Moon, and that is... David Person. How are you, David? I'm good, man. It's a, it's another busy week, but uh, we're in it knee-deep trying to get it done, man. Sloshing yeah. through. Well, it's already Wednesday, which is uh, odd for us. We don't normally yeah. record on Wednesdays, uh, but uh, David's a busy guy. And, uh, well, we all are, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, so trying to work things out, this will be, we'll, we'll be off next week, uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll take a little break for, uh, for the Thanksgiving holiday and then we'll be back at it, uh, the following week. But, uh, uh, before we do anything, we need to thank the folks over at Wind Creek Entertainment for mm-hmm. uh, sponsoring this and making sure that, uh, you know, that folks get accurate and good information and all sides are heard from in this state. And that's, you know, one of the things that, that drove them, I think, to, uh, to advertise on this fine podcast. And, uh, you know, and so I would like to drive some folks to them as well, because yeah, while well, right. they didn't, they didn't ask me to do that, they, you know, I'm sure they wouldn't mind if some folks uh, booked some trips to the, uh, to, to one of the casinos in Wetumpka, Montgomery or Atmore and, or one of their other, uh, you know, establishments that they manage around the country. And, uh, because it's all, they, they do a great, great job. Uh, if you've never been, I encourage you to go. I mean, you don't have to gamble necessarily. Go for a nice dinner. Uh, go mm-hmm. and take your uh, take your significant other uh, to to the spa. Uh, make get yourself a spa visit. Uh, they they are uh, top notch. They they are rated as some of the best hotels in the world, uh, and they do a great job of managing them and regulating the gaming that's that's taking place. Um, you know, if you, if you do like gaming, uh, you know, I would encourage you to go to one of their establishments because, you know, it's going to be regulated by the federal government. And, you know, it's going to be something that you can uh, you can trust is as accurate as it can be uh, yeah. in uh, in the world of electronic bingo. And so uh, it's um, that they do a really, really good job. They're, they're first class facilities. And I would encourage anybody who, who wants to spend a nice weekend somewhere, you know, go watch some football games, uh, place a few bets uh, in the. Uh, in in the electronic bingo casino, have a nice dinner. Let your wife go to the spa. I mean, hey, hey, wait, wait, but wait a minute. Why yeah. is it that the wife only gets to go to the spa? The husband can go to the spa too. Well, of course you can. Of course, yeah. but then you'd have to give up the football. Well, you can figure out a way to do both, man. Nice. Let me tell you. I, okay, so I'm going to confess something here. Oh, here we go. One of my one of my uh, inter- Instagram obsessions. Mm-hmm. is watching there's a woman in atlanta i think her name is uh, Ooh, to, uh i think she spells it t-o-i-a i don't know how she pronounces it but yeah. t-o-i-a is her name mm-hmm. and she is a she is a barber who also does spa treatments for guys so yeah. she does these videos she she records herself giving guys you'd love this josh Giving guys not only haircuts and and shaving yes, them. Yes, the haircut would really benefit me. <laughs> no, but I'm, I mean, you know, the shaving. You know, she's right. just keeping yeah, the stubble yeah, yeah. off, right? Uh-huh. But yeah. she does it in such a luxurious way, man. I mean, and she's yeah. rubbing and she's massaging and and she's putting hot towels all over them and and then she'll take uh, sometimes huh. I think little herbs or gels or something and rubs yeah. that in and man, it's just relaxing to watch. Well. And it just makes me think, hey, if I get a shot at doing something like that, I'm going to go do it, you know? Yeah. So a spa, going to the spa at Wind Creek would be a great way to. to, Uh, I'm uh, not discouraging. I was just saying, you know, you can watch the the football. You can, you know, you can gamble. You can, you know, listen, trade places, you know, whatever. She can watch the football and gamble. I'm for everybody living whatever life they want to live as, you know, and and having their own fun and. And uh, I think the the folks at Wind Creek would be the same. So go give give them a visit, uh, you know, at one of the three places here in the state, yeah. and uh, and have yourself a nice time. Get some That's pampering, all fellas. Go to Wind Creek yeah. and get some pampering. 
Yeah, it is. It is a pampering place. Cause uh, listen, I, I can tell you this: you can either get pa- you can get pampered in the in the spa, or you can go have one of those nice steaks at uh, one of the restaurants. That's some pampering as well. Uh, so different kind of pampering, but you different know what I mean. kind. But yeah, yeah, that'll work too. Yeah. So all right, let's um let's get this thing started uh, here. Um, so uh, you know there there are many different ways we could go. I guess uh, this week because there's not not really like last week. There was one big story with uh, uh, the Bubba Copeland uh, uh, suicide mm. and, uh, so and all tragic. the things surrounding yeah. that. And um, <clears throat> we got some we have some really good hate mail uh, that I'll, I'll enjoy reading later. Uh, Did you say hate mail? Oh yeah, that came for David. And so I mean they they were praising me and, as usual and 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 so listen. But I, you said hate mail though. Hate mail. Oh yes, hate mail. It's oh, yeah, okay. That's how I'm classifying it. It's not really hate mail. It's just some people with some other ideas. Uh, we don't we don't really get hate mail from the people who listen to to this show. Uh, they they just call in and say, "Hey, we we disagree a little bit on this," and you know, and they move along. Not like the uh, let's see. Uh, let me, let me I, I'll tell. I can give you some hate mail if you'd like because I got one uh, myself. Um, this uh, this came from uh, Red Rider uh, to my uh, email at uh, APR. You're, Y-O-U-R, a creep and beta male pansy Trump. And by the way, there's no punctuation in any of this, so I just Mm. assume it's one long sentence. You're a creep and beta male pansy Trump will win the election and little chumps like you are going to get chewed up and spit out. People like you are the problem for this country and illegal immigrants are going to cause a civil war and you're a scumbag to vote for an 82-year-old man with dementia. Biden is the biggest joke in American history, bitch. Wow. Yeah. Talk about uh, well-spoken and well-thought-out. Yeah. Huh? It was uh, strong. It really, really made me rethink my position on, on Donald Trump. <laughs> so you're talking about, just for folks who may have missed it, you're talking about the column that you just wrote yes. about Trump. And, uh, and, and we, need to, we need to get into that a little bit. And we also need to say that that column apparently attracted so much attention that you're going to be on MSNBC this weekend? Yes, uh, yeah, that's uh, I've got, have an invitation to, to appear with Ali uh, Belshi, and uh, so we'll uh, we'll cool. see if we can uh, work out a good time slot. He's uh, wants me to come on uh, either Saturday or Sunday, and uh, and so just it's up to me apparently which whichever day. Nice. And so, well, we'll uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't say that because he's like, oh, I've got to have you, but I mean, I'm sure he's got some time slots in in both days, and he's like, mm. let's see if we can fit you into one of these. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it has gotten quite a bit of attention and. And um, which, you know, you never know when you write these things, uh, you know, what's what's going to happen. And sometimes it just lands in the right spot. Um, and usually with us, it's something somebody else picks it up um, and 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 puts it in, in front of a lot more people. I, I believe this one probably landed on Flipboard. Uh, hmm. If you're unfamiliar, it's the little news site on that you can download the app for your phone. Apparently, a lot of people have that app, uh, and we we're we're part of that pretty regularly uh, now. I'll notice from time to time, just regular stories will land on there, and they'll get a ton more views than uh, what you would normally suspect they would. And so, uh, you know, we just yeah, I mean, it just goes out to to millions of people across the country. So yeah, you know, that, that are following political news on. Flipboard. So, uh, but anyways, so, this one did. Yeah. So, so give us the synopsis. What, what's the, what are you basically saying in the car? Uh, Trump is insane and right. you have to stop supporting him. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, I mean, it's, it, it's to the, I mean, seriously, it's, it, listen. Yeah, that's it. And, that's and I it. said, I, listen, he, this is a crazy person speaking. I mean, he yeah. has suggested that the former, uh, what, Millie, uh, you know, the former general uh, mm-hmm. had uh, be executed uh, for, Treason, apparently. Uh, I, I, I did not know he was the one that inspired an insurrection. Um, but right. it, so, so he's he's done that. He's talked about the uh, the blood of uh, immigrants spoiling the bloodlines of America, uh, weakening the bloodlines, uh, which is I mean, xenophobic and racist. But yeah, go right ahead. yeah, yes. I mean, and, and it just is. And he just continues on with this stuff. He called, you know, his he's promised to root out the his political opponents if he's reelected, and uh, I guess either have them. I don't really know if if, if everybody's going to be killed or just imprisoned or imprisoned brought up or, on charges. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really don't know. And so he, he's going to do something to them and then refer to them as vermin. Uh, 
Um, and which is a, a, a term that you may have run into if you've ever read a, you know, a history book about what have, what happened in, uh, some of these, uh, 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 dictatorships, uh, and such as Germany, uh, you know, with, with Hitler and, uh, and I believe Mussolini also used the term as well, uh, to refer mm-hmm. to his political opponents. And so it's basically, it's used in that kind of language when you're in that position that Trump is in, which he is right now, the front runner of one of the two main political parties in the country. Um, he, he uses this to reduce down his political opponents into subhuman forms and makes it easier for people to hate them, to, uh, cause harm to them and to even kill them. Uh, that's, I mean, that's what historically that type of language has been used for. And, you know, to do so on top of all of the other just idiotic things that he does and to do it in a veterans day message to the people, you know, is, dude, it's insane. And you've got to stop supporting insane people. And it just, well, you know, we're, we've gone off the rails. And at the same time, this this has come out, you know, that, that he did this. There's also these videos that have now emerged from two of his attorneys speaking mm-hmm. in Georgia when they were as they were cutting a deal to save their asses because he's got everybody that he knows is going to prison for something at this point. <laughs> um, and so Jenna Ellis and Sidney Powell are giving they're not depositions, but they're proffer. Uh, meetings is what they're basically involved in and they're being recorded and they're telling uh, prosecutors what they could offer them uh, in exchange for leniency. And uh, so Jenna Ellis recounts the meeting that she had or the conversation that she had with Dan Scavino, uh, who is a top aide to Trump, and which he told her on December the 19th, well after all of the electors had been counted. Well, after everything had, had gone on, all the challenges had been uh, handled at that point. This was at the Christmas party, and he tells her that, yeah, we're just not leaving. The boss says he's not leaving, right. um, which means Trump. And she's like, yeah, I don't really think it works like that. He's like, well, we don't care. We're not leaving. Um, under no circumstances is he is he leaving. Uh, and so at that, you right. know, it basically reinforces this, reality now at this point we've had enough people talk about it that this is reality that trump had no intentions of leaving the white house was trying to figure out every way possible to avoid leaving the white house and was doing everything within his power to remain in power including breaking the law violating the constitution and encouraging his vast army of dipshits to run around outside the capitol and then into the capitol so Uh, you know you know, I, I thought about that part, um, and of course I've heard that tape over and over again too, where she's saying that he had no intention of leaving. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes you wonder, well, first of all, it speaks to what you just said, which is that he apparently had decided that he was going to become a dictator, yeah. and he was going to become an authoritarian fascist. But, or, well, he actually already is, but that he was going to act on that stuff. Mm-hmm. But my question is, I wonder what made him change his mind. If that's really where he was, then why did he leave? How did they get him out? I wonder what the what was the turning point in his brain where he went from, you know, there's no way I'm leaving to, well, I guess I'll leave, but I'm going to I'm going to wreak havoc and raise hell on the way yeah. out and continue to do so. I think it was the lack of support from very important people in, um, in, in that effort to stay. I think if he had an attorney general and uh, some, some other generals, some military officials who would have backed him in this, he would have stayed. He would have stayed and he would have threatened the use of military force to remain there. Um, and, you know, I, I think he tried to do a number of different things, all aided by these absolute morons in Congress and in the Senate uh, that that backed up his plays and entertained this idiocy uh, of undermining a U.S. election where there is zero evidence of fraud occurring. Uh, of uh, you know, especially not to the levels that would have it would have taken uh, uh, for Trump to have won any of these states, and it, it just. It makes it makes no sense whatsoever, the arguments that they had, and that some of these people were willing to go along with them. It should shame them for the rest of their lives. It should be something that's carried with them. But now we've got one who is the Speaker of the House, who's one of the yeah. biggest morons who did this. And yeah. it just... 
you know, th- so, there's no punishment to any of these people, apparently. Yeah, it, it should shame them, but it should scare the hell out of the rest of us. Yeah. Because we were that close. We were that close, just a few people away, you know, to, 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 to boister your point, bolster your point. We were just a few people away from becoming an authoritarian state, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it, it could have happened just like that. And, and if you start looking at, um, and I think you get into this in your column, I'm, I've read so many things over the past few days, I can't <laughs> remember if it was your column or somewhere else. But if you look at the plans that he's already laying out, and they're, yeah. and they're openly talking about stuff like internment camps for, for immigrants uh, and mass deportations and, and making it, and I'm saying undocumented immigrants, but also they're looking at really scrutinizing, um, you know, uh, in a very, I think, a very uh, draconian way um, you know, legal immigration as well, yeah. because they've got a problem with legal immigration, the extent to which, you know, people from especially those countries, I think that he refers to as asshole countries, mm-hmm. you know, have come into this, come into our nation. So, you know, they, they are planning some, some drastic things in that way. He's talking openly, like you said, about, you know, using the Justice Department to go after, you know, his enemies and critics. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy, like you said, he's nuts. Yes. He's deranged. He is he is the biggest threat to democracy that we've ever seen. Yeah. No, it's 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 not even close. Yeah. And that there are so many people that are so openly willing to support him. Stunning. And and, That's and openly scary too. Yeah, and openly willing to look the other way on this stuff. And and the here's what kills me too is the whataboutism between him and Biden. And well, what about your boy Biden? What about my boy Biden? And let's let right. me just tell you this too, okay? I'm voting for Joe Biden. All right. Yeah. I'm not following Joe Biden. I don't I don't have a t shirt with Joe Biden's face on it. I don't right. have you know, a flag flying out in front of my house with Joe Biden's name on it. All right. right? Because I'm not in a cult. For Joe exactly. Biden. All right? Exactly. This is a dude who's running for president who happens to be a much better choice than this other crazy person that y'all have up here on this platform. Okay? That's that's where it ends. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I support the policies of Joe Biden versus this insanity that's being offered as the alternative. And so, yeah, yeah. And but past that, what comparisons are you talking about? What the hell are y'all talking about out here? Are right, you you disagree that he gave some money here? Or he did did this, you know. Right. And when I'm talking and when I'm saying that, I'm talking about the the funds for student loans. Uh, you disagree with the student loan program? You disagree with this program? You disagree with the uh, the Inflation Act that, by the way, killed inflation as we've we've seen. Uh, it's reduced inflation down to uh, where other countries are envious of what's happened in the United States. If you doubt that, go look at the figures sometime. Uh, it just, uh, there's no comparison. You're talking about apples and oranges here, okay? Yeah. You're not even talking, you're talking about apples and uh, bugs uh, at this point. You know what I mean? It's, it's two things that aren't even related, all right? Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, I, I don't even, I don't even understand how in your mind I mean, maybe I do. Maybe I maybe I know your mind's not working right because you're you're already sucked into this insane vortex of idiocy where you've been fooled by this con man, and so now there's no coming back from it. I guess I, I and so you'll you'll latch on to anything to justify this and and prevent saying, "Oh well, I was wrong about this person." Clearly, right. although I will say I have been remarkably surprised and encouraged. By the number of messages and emails I have received from people who read this column, and I've gotten a ton of messages off this thing, uh, mm-hmm. and who've read this and said, I, you know, I, I, I agree with a lot of what Trump says, but I am, I can no longer support him because of this rhetoric and, and what, he's, what he's doing. Have you uh, gotten a lot of that? I've gotten, I've gotten at least 10 messages like that. Um, and which I think is a, you know, because if there's 10 people who are willing to put that into words and send it to you like that and admit it, then I think there are probably more out there who are also looking at it. And if they won't say it out loud, they at least feel it and say, this shit ain't right, man. This is not right. And that's all, 
I, I don't, and that's like I said in the comp. If you want to vote for a Republican, take mm-hmm. your ass to the polls and vote for a Republican. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't care. Maybe mm-hmm. one day something will eventually trickle down to your working ass. All right, maybe mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, well, it'll, it'll happen. It hadn't happened yet. You know, yeah. been doing it since the eighties. Hadn't happened yet, but we'll see. Maybe one day. Uh, but do it. Okay, their their values, their uh, policies, their whatever their policies that they have now that nobody can define. If they, that that more closely aligns with what you believe, then go and do it. Okay. I'm not saying that all I'm saying is, is don't vote for this crazy, insane guy. That's going to end up ending the country. Well, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I think we, this is something you and I have both been saying on this podcast and in other places for a long time. You can be a conservative. You can be a Republican without being a Trumper, without Mm -hmm. being somebody who's, who's part of this, this really mind blowing, insane cult. Yeah. that has developed around Donald Trump. And, and and I haven't, in my lifetime, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. even all of the fervor around Ronald Reagan or mm-hmm. all of the fervor that was around Barack Obama, nothing, n- neither no. one of them matches what we've seen today where people are, appear to be, and this may be a strong word, but I'm going to use it anyway, people appear to be deifying Trump. Yes. Making him a god. It's it is stunning to me. You know, what you, you I see mentioned with, with in the United States today. You mentioned Obama right there. And and yeah. uh, and you're right, there are a lot of people who, who really loved Obama. And I yeah. I loved Obama. I thought yeah. Obama was was great. I thought he's the, the will be the best president of my lifetime. Um and, and I don't think it's close. I think what he accomplished under the pressures that he entered in uh and and that were on him throughout is remarkable. And the way he handled himself and the way he the image that he presented was was such a strong and and necessary image to portray. And that's part of the reason why he angered so many people on the on, on the right. Uh, but you know uh, here, here's the difference for me on, on, on a lot of that. And I'm sure this, this is the same for you, too. I, I, I think so, anyway. I won't put words in your mouth. But um, Obama gathered an, uh, these people who loved him and you know, almost a, a following, uh, sort, sort of similar to, to Trump, because he was inspiring people for, for good things. He was inspiring people to be better people. You know, to 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 be a you know to take care of your brother, to to go out and do good things, uh, to 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 lift yourself up from poverty, from you know from being on welfare as, as a child as he was. That it, he inspired people to do good, to treat each other well, to to make you know to to do things the right way, and it's the exact opposite with Trump. He is inspiring people to be hateful assholes. I mean, I, I'm, I wish it was a better way to put it, but there's not. He's inspiring people yeah. to be assholes for the most part, and to and you see it all over the place. Look what happened in in Congress yesterday, where you had one senator who wanted to fight the Teamsters guy. Did, did you see this, Mark Wayne Mulkey or whatever his name is, who wanted to fight the the head of the Teamsters, Sean O'Brien, which I would have loved to have seen. Yeah. Uh, it just yeah, it would in a in a Senate hearing. They they stood up and were going to go to blows. Uh, you had the the former speaker of the house who was walked by and shoved another member of his own party in the back uh, mm. because of the vote that he took to oust him as speaker. You had another guy that called somebody a smurf in a hearing. I, I mean, it just this is what happens yeah. when you do this. You know, this is like the and it's uh, the it's the last debate where you had. Uh, one of them with Vivek or whatever his name is talking about Nikki Haley's daughter and, and you know, and and then he's also made incredibly insulting remarks about Nikki Haley's uh, upbringing and, and, and her, you know, it just, this is what's happening all around. It it is just the decorum and the, and the way that people are treating each other has denigrated to such a point at this time. And and you can listen, you can say it's wrong to blame Trump for everything, but it's these things are right out of his playbook. These are the things oh, that yeah. started. These things did not happen prior to Donald Trump. I mean, not Certainly they may not have happened, but they didn't happen with the frequency yeah. no. and with with the normalcy that, that a lot of this stuff is yeah. going on. 
Yeah, some of this, some of this is a byproduct of, uh, in my opinion, it's a byproduct of the commodification of media, so that you know, talk radio in particular became, yeah. you know, very uh, volatile. And I'm not talking about the rise of conservative talk radio, but a specific brand of conservative talk radio, I think, fueled a lot of this. And then talk mm-hmm. streaming and so forth, where you had, uh, you know, much more, uh, you know, it was much more about personal attacks and shaming and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, but this thing here with uh, that you, I think you made an excellent point in in distinguishing between what Obama did, and I'm going to continue to say Reagan also, even though I didn't agree with Reagan philosophically at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that Reagan did was he focused a lot on on positivity, what people really liked about him, the people that followed him really found him to be inspirational, mm-hmm. right? And I yeah. think it was the same with Obama. Uh, the people that supported Obama like us, we found him to be inspirational. Mm-hmm. But Trump, Trump is not inspirational. He's not aspirational. No. He's just negative. Yes. And, he's, um, and he specializes in denigrating people and tapping into the worst, baser instincts of human beings. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the difference, you know? Yeah. Juxtapose him with, say, Mike Pence, all right? I don't agree with Mike Pence any more than I do no. Donald Trump on politics, but Mike Pence isn't out there denigrating, you know, uh, huge groups of people and, and, and tapping into the, those negative aspects of, of our humanity. You know, yeah. that's something that, that's a Trumpian thing. That's yeah. very Trumpian. Yeah, he's like the he's like the pink slime from Ghostbusters. I mean, he really mm-hmm. is. He's like the pink slime from Ghostbusters that brings out the absolute worst in everybody, and it, it just it it, it it is you know I was a, a George W. Bush. You know, I thought George W. Bush was one of the worst. I mean, he mm-hmm. was dumb as a rock, um, and you know, and he and he lied about a lot of things in, in terms of the war, and he cost a lot of lives. Okay, but but George W. Bush wasn't an ass about things. No. All right, he no. was he's somebody that now has become very likable, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and and somebody in in later years has has become almost a you know, a beloved figure among everybody for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, you know, I, I sometimes have a hard time cause I, I do want to like him. Uh, but I have a hard time reconciling that with what he did in terms of costing so many lives uh, yeah. of, of young Americans in in those wars. And, um, but, you know, it just, uh, to me, we're, we're, we're on really thin ice uh, with this. And, and, and I, I you know, I, I shy away so much from the Hitler comparisons and because I think they're so overused and so overdone and so many people that, that get compared to Hitler are like, what are you talking about? The, guy, yeah. the guy's on city council. Who are you, what right. are you saying? You know, what, are they, right. what, what are they doing? Who's yeah, he putting but, in? You know? You know? But, 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 the, but the unfortunate irony is the guy actually had, according to people in his life, he actually had speeches of Hitler yeah. on his nightstand. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so he was learning. You know, No wonder he thinks all this is okay. It just, you know, he he just is, he's an awful, awful person. And, and you know, I don't, I don't say that a whole lot about a whole lot of people, but, but Donald Trump is an awful person. And, um, and the sooner we get away from him and his brand of politics and his brand of negativity and, um, you know, just, just move away from, from that and back to something that we used to value. And, and being inspirational and, you know, especially as the president, you know, that's what we used to look for in the president was somebody who was smarter than the rest of us. And, you know, we could trust to make complicated, complex decisions and somebody who would inspire us to be better. And, and Donald Trump is none of those things. Uh, he's not, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't trust him to water my plants while I was on vacation, you know, and no, no, much no, less to, to handle complicated issues. So, Anyways, so that was the column, and we were worried we wouldn't be able to get enough out of that segment. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's slide out of here. Uh, we'll be uh, we're going to come back with uh, Representative Kelvin Lawrence and uh, and talk about uh, some issues that uh, that are taking place in uh, in his neck of the woods down in uh, Central Alabama, South Alabama. Uh, so, Alabama politics this week. We'll be back in a minute. 
Hey, uh, if y'all would do us a favor and uh, go, to, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go and rate and review our little podcast here. Uh, that would be very, very helpful for us. Uh, you know, people might pay us to do this. Well, you never know. Yeah, but yeah, but let's not stop at Apple. Also, uh, you can do the same thing on Google Play, Amazon, yeah. and some of the more Android-friendly, uh, you know, platforms oh. as well. I forget that Dave is an Android guy. I am. <laughs> Me, I'm a conformist. And so, you know, go to Apple. But seriously, wherever you go, just do it. Just, just go and, and rate and review, and, and that would be very nice. Unless you're going to leave a bad one. Don't do, don't do that. Just don't, doesn't don't, like that. Don't leave a bad one. Thank you. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Boone, David Person, and we are happy now to have with us Representative Kelvin Lawrence. Uh, represents the uh, the fine folks of Lowndes County and in, uh, in his district down there. Uh, Kelvin, welcome in. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's up. You know what? We bring up uh, Lowndes a lot uh, here, and um, a lot of times it's because we're we're speaking of, of various mistreatments um, and and the way people have been historically mistreated uh, in in your neck of the woods down there and um, and what, so you know and whenever I whenever we get folks on from uh, particularly one of the black belt counties um, it, it's it's always um, it's always a really remarkable discussion uh, of some of the topics that we that we cover. Uh, because they're they're unique, mainly to the black belt area, um, mm-hmm. and, and and by design, I would say, after years of of laws and neglect, uh, and, 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 right. neglect and yeah, and, and unfairness that has gone on throughout the state, um, and and so you know, and and I, unfortunately, I, you know, I, I'd like to talk to you about some one of those as well, but we've talked a lot about uh, on this show, which is the the wastewater issue. Um, in in Lowndes and throughout the Black Belt, and and I know you've been involved in that and trying to get that rectified. And um, I, so l- let me ask you this: just where where do you think things stand now with that, and and what do you see kind of as the next steps? Well, as of as of right now, I think um, the issue and the situation has is improving. But it's still a long way to go in terms of making sure that um, everyone in that particular region has adequate um, sanitation and sewer in terms of disposal of their wastewater. Um, that's just a common right that I think every every Alabamian should have, um, and it's a, a situation or quality of life that we've been dealing with for a very long time not only in Lyons County, but the entire Black Belt, um, where um, I think there hasn't been a substantial amount of resources um, um, given to that particular area for that particular problem. Um, but right now, um, with all of the federal money that has come down from you know the Biden administration and through EPA and ADM, uh, we're seeing some some improvements. We're seeing some um, new developments. We're seeing some some of the issues being worked out, but it's still a long-term issue that um, it probably would take um, an additional, I would say, 10 years or more to make sure that everyone in the Black Belt is, has adequate wastewater and drinking water to that matter. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not just a wastewater issue. It's a, it's also a drinking water issue um, uh, down there. And, you know, when you look at it, uh, and and if you if you had to boil it down and kind of tell people, you know, what was responsible for you know how did how did when people say like, well, how did it get that way, you know what 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 do you normally tell? Them? Well, I mean, knowing the history of the black belt um, during, of course, during slavery and doing Reconstruction and um, the Civil Rights Movement, you know, the, the black belt was known for, um, I guess agriculture and farming. And so I think once the shift from that agriculture or the slavery and the reconstruction, I think it was just a a neglect upon, I guess, the leadership in those particular areas as well as uh, leadership across across the state and where they just said, hey, uh, that's not our concern and we're just going to 
divert those funds. And we all know, I think, why that happened, um, probably because of um, uh, not enough adequate representation in that area, or right. when we got representation, that wasn't a concern of the representatives in that particular area. And so um, compounding all of those issues and all of those um, discrimination tactics, uh, we find ourselves here in 2023 still dealing with uh, an issue that should have been you know, resolved um, in the 1960s, I would say. Yeah, really, um, really unfortunate. Um, I've spent a lot of time down there with uh, Catherine Flowers and uh, and even even a little bit of time before uh, Catherine, uh, uh, spending time down there with her uh, in the Uniontown area uh, as well. Same same kinds of issues, very similar issues. Uh, there is some thought. I've heard some thought out there that, that, at least among some, there is the belief that this is an area that has been neglected because of um, not just historic, say, dem- uh, discrimination issues, but specifically because uh, it was in these areas that a lot of civil rights kinds of activities and um and and, and even the, the you know well the Black Panther Party uh has some roots there. Um do you subscribe to that that train of thought that maybe it's because of the activism that 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 sprang out of that part of Alabama that that, that has led to to this sort of uh disinterest in really investing in that area and helping that area to grow and thrive? I think it was it was systematically designed. Now, what caused it to be designed like that, or what caused it, you know, that's that's up for debate. But I do think it was specifically systematically designed to say, "Hey, if they're fighting for this and fighting for this, well, we're not going to give them this. We're not going to give them that." And so that's that's kind of where we are today. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about, well, can't they do it for themselves? Well. I mean, if you've been historically systematically oppressed and kind of pressed down for a while, it's hard to kind of pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And so in these areas, um, there are very little economic opportunity. Um, and, and so the economic base is not there for the municipalities or the city or towns to actually uh, provide that type of service. I'll give you an example. Um, I was the mayor of Hainville from 2012 to 2014. And um, <clears throat> I own and operate subway restaurants uh, when I'm not in the legislature. And my my business budget was more than the town of Hainville's budget. Wow. That's that's what we were dealing with. Um, we, we, we had a general fund budget of about $400,000. Oh. Um, and so um we were we were struggling to keep the street lights on literally um because of lack of economic opportunity uh lack of economic development in that area and so um i think a lot of issues have compounded and caused um the problem that we have we have here now but um i'm optimistic that um there have been some progress and we will continue to see some additional progress although it's not the progress that I would like to see, or it's not moving as fast as I think it should. Um, it is progress. Uh, and then on top of that, when we have in the past, when we've gotten funds into the specific, specific areas, um, they've not been used in the proper way in terms of uh, if you talk about broadband, you talk about waste and sewage. And so it's been a lot of, um, I guess, skimming off the top on the back of, uh, the citizens here in the black belt. Um, and you know, I, I don't have a problem with um, individuals or people coming in to make money because I'm sure you can't do it just because you love to do it. But at the same time, you know, it, it shouldn't be where um, you get $10 million and only $2 million go to the people. You know, and I think a lot of that has happened in the past. And so we just kind of continue to be vigilant and, and watch and make sure that the resources that we do get in this area because they are slim and they are uh, not sufficient that we make sure that 
they get they get spent the right way and they get to the people that really need it. So I, I'm curious to know, um, have you been directly affected by some of these uh, wastewater issues, you or your family, by these wastewater issues or clean water issues? Um, not specifically my family, um, but I've had some some distant cousins or friends of family members of friends that I know have, have been affected, uh, where they, they, you know, they get, say for example, they get a mobile home and, um, it's on air property and, and they don't have adequate funding to even pay for a, a system, a septic system, because we don't have a specific countywide sewage system. Um, and so you can get, uh, because of the soil and the, and the way it doesn't perk and all that type of stuff, you can you can get a, a single wide mobile home with three bedrooms and two baths. Uh, a septic system will cost upwards of $15,000. And, and in some instances, that has to be paid before the utility company would even put turn on the lights. And so we've kind of worked with some of um, the manufacturing companies that, that actually um, and finance companies that could finance these mobile homes to say, hey, can you at least incorporate the cost of the septic system into the mobile home, the price of the mobile home, to kind of give some relief to some people. Um, but most people, when they don't have that option, um, they just straight pipe their system to get it off their property. Right. I've seen and then that. you go into the mainstream and, 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 and the water tables and stuff like that. And so that's where a lot of the sicknesses and stuff like that come in. So it's so, a, it's a big, uh, so, so state representative Lawrence, are you, are you basically saying that the difference for you and your family truly has been that you've had the resources to. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Another problem in, um, in this area of the of Alabama that I've heard uh, about through the years is sort of a brain drain where you have younger people who will grow up, you know, in the black belt. And then as soon as they can graduate from high school, they get out of there, they go to Montgomery to ASU, you know, or Alabama A&M University or somewhere else, you know, maybe even out of state, and then uh, and then they don't return. Uh, what's your story? Well, that's 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 actually so. I um, was born and raised in in Lyons County, a small community called Mosses. Um and my my father was one of uh, public service. He he actually um, was one of the incorporators of the town of Mosses back in eighty. 80- one, I think it was. And so I've always been around politics, uh, never wanted to be in politics. But I, um, upon graduating from St. Jude High School in Montgomery, I um, I did go to Alabama State and I graduated. Um, I stayed in Montgomery for a while, but I always wanted to kind of make my community better than it was when I was coming up. So I always tried to find one. And so when I... Uh, I worked in Montgomery for Hardy's um, for a while, a restaurant, and then I, I said um, I was looking for opportunity for myself, and then um, I was presented with the Subway franchise through former um, state representative Jay Love, um, and you know I start I thought instantly at that time I think in the town of Hainville we had a grocery store and an Old Tasco, and Old Tasco was kind of like a general store. That's what we had. And that was back in 2000. (laughs) And um, I said, this is a perfect opportunity. Um, And, you know, my family with my father, we pulled together some resources and I opened my first Subway restaurant in 2002 um, as a way, hey, you know, I can provide for my family, but I also can give back to the community by by providing jobs and, and that type of thing to the community. And so, um, that's what I've done, and I've been there, been there ever since. And I like it. I like the people. I like the the area. I, I just love the kind of country feel. Um, and um, I've had opportunities to to move anywhere that I want to move, whether it was Chicago, Atlanta, um, 
one of my favorite places, believe it or not, is Seattle, Washington. <laughs> hmm. um, but I chose to stay um, in Alabama. I chose to stay in the Black Belt to try to um, continue to um, improve the lives of the people that live there uh, and to make it better for, to continue to make it better for the people that you know, come behind me. You mentioned um, kind of the, you know, the historical neglect that has taken place uh, in, in the Black Belt and, and in Lowndes County as well. And we're, we're kind of, you know, seeing some of that brought to the forefront now where we talked about, we're talking a lot about the West Alabama Corridor Project uh, that's that's been running through. It's going to run through a portion of the Black Belt. And and suddenly, you know, oh, we got all of these highway projects that go on all the time. And there's <laughs> never any issue with anything. But now, all of a sudden, with the West Alabama project, there seems to be a major issue in everybody scrutinizing the funding and how it's being uh, di- uh, dispersed, um, and and you know, and talking about well, there's nothing. There. Why would we build this highway over there? There's nothing there. Well, part of the reason there's nothing there is because there's not a highway. highway. I, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, when you when you see that. Uh, how does that make you feel? And what have you told your, your colleagues in the in the legislature about this? Well, um, my simple question and uh, my simple answer to them and response to them and say, listen, um, we've already created the haves and the have nots. <laughs> Let's not create the have haves and the not nots, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I mean, because that's what's happening. Uh, um, and, and, you know, um, when you have a part of, and I get it, everybody's jockeying for their area, but when you have um, 90% of the leadership in the legislature is in North Alabama, and of course, their concern is not mm-hmm. West Alabama, the Black Belt, you know, but right. it should be a, a total collective uh, to where, look, we take care of the needs and then we look towards those I guess, luxury items. Um, and, you know, um, Lieutenant Governor Ainsworth is, 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 I consider him a great friend of mine, but I kind of disagree with him when he's talking about, let's take some money from the Blackberry to, to, to go to, you know, four lane yeah. highway six, I mean, interstate 65. Although I think that's a great idea, but I don't think it's, it should be put forth in front of the necessity of making sure that we have sure you know, access to uh, interstate highways in, in West Alabama, which we know what will happen with infrastructure, you know, come the possibility of economic development to try to transcend and transform that area uh, of, of the state, which has been neglected for so long. Right. Uh, last thing, we'll, we'll get you out. And um, But, you know, the, uh, there, there's now obviously going to be a gambling bill that, that's pushed in this upcoming session is going to start apparently in the House. Uh, I spoke to uh, Nathaniel Ledbetter, mm-hmm. uh, the speaker uh, yesterday, and talked to him pretty extensively about this. And um, and it's going to be it's going to mimic, it looks like, the, the bill that came before, the comprehensive gaming bill before that establishes a few sites around the state and then attempts to outlaw gaming uh, in, in other facilities. And I think you're in a pretty unique position uh, in Lowndes because there is a gaming facility or two, two gaming facilities, right? Uh, in Lowndes County, mm-hmm. um, that have, have been there for, for quite some time. And, and Lowndes has, uh, you know, a, a standing in, in this as well about, uh, you know, wh- whether or not the gaming is, is legal or, uh, or whatever, but they, they've, they've been allowed to operate for quite some time. Um, so where are you now? Cause I know you've had some trouble with previous bills. Uh, what, how do you feel about what's being put forth now uh, or talked about, I guess, what's being talked about at this point? Um, and, and what is your overall position on the game? Well, <clears throat> some of the talks that have been kind of pushed around now, I kind of don't agree with them um, because I think they still exclude Lowndes County. Um, and so at, although, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we would like to be treated just as everybody else in this gaming issue. Uh, I don't like the fact that um, state government is picking winners and losers because that's basically what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we if we if we open it up and just let you know the market dictate who survives and who doesn't, I wouldn't have a problem with that. You know, and if that's an issue where you know Lowndes is being pushed out because they can't sustain it then I don't have a problem with that. That's yeah. in any business. You're given an opportunity to operate and they don't 
they can't maintain, then they have a choice to continue to struggle or move on to something else. So that's that's my take on that. Um, but at, at the least, I would I would like to see us continue to operate in the capacity that we are in right now. Um, the big picture would be if we're going to be included, we should be able to have class three gaming tables and blackjack just like everybody else. But if that's not the case, at least continue to let us operate as is. I mean, because you're talking about um, businesses that have been in, in operation for 20 plus years mm-hmm. and then just with a stroke of a pen from the governor's signature, they instantly closed down. We're not in a situation with the Montgomery or the Mobiles or the Huntsville where uh, we can almost kind of just open our doors and say, hey, come in and pick where you want to go in terms of economic development. So we kind of almost have to kind of almost get what comes to us. Right. And so I think uh, uh, not having those facilities in Lyons County would be a tremendous blow to the economic um, situation in Lyons County. And then on top of that, you're you're taking, you're closing down businesses in one of the most impoverished, deprived areas in the state, but then you're moving it to northeastern part of the state where, hey, it's a lot going on and, yeah. you know, and so that's, that's, that's one of the issues I have. And so what I'm hoping that we as a, as a democratic caucus can stand together and say, Hey, unless our people are taken care of, we're not going to support any type of legislation. Yeah. Well, yeah. listen, I, I, you know, I think that's very fair. Everything that you said and, um, and and also, you know, just to to the, to the overall status of the of the Black Belt and Lowndes County in general, and um, you know, and and I I I appreciate what you've done, uh, you know, to, to go back and uh, and continue to fight for the for the area that you grew up in is is very admirable and should be commended on every level, and, and I hope you keep it up because we need more folks doing exactly that, and maybe we could squash some of the inequity that we've got in the state government around here, man. So, and thank you so much for coming on and spending some time with us. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate everything. Yes, sir. Thank you. So that is that is uh, Representative Calvin Lawrence, uh, represents Lowndes County in, in the Black Belt. And uh, listen, that's uh, I'm telling you now, if we had more folks who, who did what he did and uh, went back home and, and and kept it up and, and contributed to, to the places where they grew up, we'd be a lot better off. And if we had a lot more people in state government that cared about those places, we'd be a whole lot better off, too. Absolutely. Yeah, so, all right, we're going to slide out of here. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Alabama Politics This Week. If you're hearing my voice, that means you are a fan of Alabama politics this week. And I want to tell you how grateful I am that you listen and that you're engaged with what Josh and I talk about every week. So I want to ask you to continue listening and uh, continue to support us and definitely reach out with ideas, comments, suggestions. Uh, Your support makes a difference and it means a lot. Alrighty, welcome back. Our thanks to uh, Representative Kelvin Lawrence. Uh, it was a good segment. Uh, it was nice to hear from folks that are representing uh, uh, the, the good people of the of the state, yeah. and uh, and doing a good job. Um, and also our thanks to uh, the folks at Wind Creek Entertainment. Uh, they you know they keep this thing running, and I would encourage y'all to go and book a trip and go out and. Visit one of their facilities. I'm telling you, you're not going to be disappointed in that. Uh, they're in Wetumpka. They're in Montgomery. They're in Atmore. They've got places all around the country. Go to their website, Wind Creek Entertainment, and uh, and Google them up and look at some of the places you can go and book a trip today. It is You, you will not regret it. Um, before we get into the right wing nut um, here, uh, because y'all have told me we've got to make this last segment shorter because apparently y'all don't know how to hit the stop button on your podcast. Um, and... I'm a crack dealer, giving you too much crack. Um, I, I want to uh, to first read off a couple of emails that we received, uh, mainly because the one, at least one, was very critical of David, and I like it when people are critical of David and praise me. So I just really like to do this. Uh, <clears throat> this is uh, this is from Gary. 
Gary uh, writes in and says, "I then listen. We picked these out because they're very well written emails, and we got yeah. we got some responses for, out of out of the discussion. This this stemmed from the discussion about the mayor in Smith Station, uh, Bubba yeah. Copeland, and uh, and his death, and how, what we felt like was you know how how where we thought the line was with responsible journalism and reporting on on yeah. his secret online life and stuff. And so uh, uh, Gary Wright said, "I enjoyed your discussion of what's appropriate for journalists to cover and whether a politician's personal life is out of bounds, assuming a public." official is not violating the law or the ethical standards they've sworn to follow, I generally feel the person has a right to privacy. I take exception when they are flagrantly hypocritical, i.e. their stated policies or stands are the opposite of the lives they are living. Journalists reporting that is a public service, in my opinion. One example, Herschel Walker's anti-abortion stand in his campaign to become Georgia's senator, conflicting with the two women who accused him of pressuring them to have abortions. Assuming the women's stories could be verified, that's fair journalism. Thanks for your informative and spirited podcast. This is Gary from Opelika, uh, clearly taking a shot at David there. Um, <laughs> and uh, also from Ross, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Josiah, Josiah uh, writes this in. It says, following Wait, his, his first name is what, I'm sorry? Josiah. How's that spelled? Uh, J-O-S-I-A-H. Ah, that's my, uh, my late father's name, Josiah. Oh. Yeah, it's a biblical name. Okay. Oh, I'm, I, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I knew that. <laughs> Well, I wasn't saying you didn't. I was just pointing it out. Oh, David, Mark, Luke. Yeah, those are biblical names. You know, I said. Well, Josiah is not a common name. You just no, no, no. It's a, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Uh, following the A block of the latest podcast episode, I'm extremely disappointed in David's position. It sounds a lot like your father. Uh, yeah. uh, David's positions on elected officials being open for enhanced invasive and exposing efforts to their privacy. I highly encourage him to look into the history of the lavender scare from the Hoover area, from the Hoover era, and the Supreme Court rulings on equal protection under the law and how it discerns between a person and an action. We can prosecute an act, but not an identity. The attacks on Bubba Copeland were because of who he was and not something he did. As Josh pointed out, the focus could have appropriately been on the questionable behavior regarding constituent names in his writings, but instead is simply a public smear of him as a person held against a subjective moral standard that is assumed by the paper, not by fact. Also, the argument for some kind of vulnerability to exposure being reason for an elected official to cede privacy is absurd. Oh, man, this is so harmful to you. I really hate that they're doing this. It's pretty if you strong. Have a, yeah. It is. Oh, I feel so bad. I, I, I shouldn't keep reading, but I'm going to. Yeah. If you have a security clearance, then okay. But then you're accountable to an entity that already has the job of ensuring such potential vulnerability is accounted for. I appreciate Josh's pushback. Thank you, Josiah. And his correct clarification that the role of a journalist is absolutely not to impart a subjective moral backdrop on which to see a person as good or bad. Also, the term secret here, it really is indicative of a judgment against the information in question. Bubba Copeland had a lifestyle that he didn't make public, the same way that I don't publicly say that I drink almond milk or that I don't speak to my brother because that's none of your business, but I don't have to count that as a secret because I don't live in a society where those things are illegal or would reveal a substantial conflict of interest if known by the general public. Thank you, too, for having the debate out to the end. I have very strong reservations about David's judgment. Oh, boy. Me too. Uh, when it comes to people's <laughs> private lives now, uh, but I also chalk that up to him being deeply religious and therefore just living with a strong history of thinking there's a right way to live in society while trying not to overtly judge them. Lastly, the hypotheticals and the JFK nonsense got a bit absurd. <laughs> <laughs> the Catholic, oh, sorry, I think he's taking a shot at both of us there. And the Catholic yeah. reporting on him was a known campaign strategy. Read Nixon's biography. The Catholic vote was extremely important at the time. Keep up the good work, y'all, and please expose the right-wing propaganda outlet 1819 for what it is. Well, let me just say to Josiah, first of all, great name, love the name. Uh, and the only, the only caveat I'm going to put up to your uh, criticism of me is that I don't believe it has anything to do with my religious, uh, my religious positions at all, or my religious beliefs at all, because um, I actually have no problem at all with the fact that uh, the mayor, the late mayor, was um, a crossdresser or or drag queen or whatever term you want to use. I I have no issue with that whatsoever, mm -hmm. um, as a as his personal choice. My, you know, so I'm just going to, I'm going to leave it there because I want to let the, I want to, uh, uh, respect, um, um, 
Josiah's, um, you know, his right to have the last word on this. But I did want to have that one caveat. I think he, I think he reads me wrong on that part. But everything else, I'm just going to let stand as he said it. Well, Zaya, I thank you for the email. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, was, really appreciate it. Was it. Very well written, um, and, and I would encourage anybody else who would like to um, email in, especially if you have criticisms of David, uh, you can do so at <laughs> apwproducer at gmail dot com. That's apwproducer at gmail dot com. Write in and tell David what he's been doing wrong. Uh, listen, I you know it's uh, yeah. I, we encourage those emails uh, because it's the first two we've ever received, and so it's, uh, it's normally they tell me. It, Moon, he's going off again. There he goes, rambling on. Uh, so listen, you know, it's just a nice change of pace. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, let's get to our right wing nuts right. this week. That's right, we're doing a double, we're doing a twofer. twofer. Uh, we got we got we got two nuts. Hmm. Um, we got uh, yeah, I know, right? Uh, Mark Wayne Mullen, senator from the great state of Oklahoma, and your former house speaker, um, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, both of them this week uh, with some embarrassing uh, episodes. Mark Wayne Mullen, during a hearing, <laughs> uh, chaired by Bernie Sanders, in which they were speaking of uh, uh, you know ways, I guess, to improve the lives of the, of the average American workers and ways that uh, they might be aided. And uh, they had in front of them uh, the head of the Teamsters Union, Sean O'Brien. And uh, I am a big fan of Sean O'Brien, as you all may well know. I'm also a big fan of unions in general, and uh, because I think that this is the only way back for the working class in this country. Um, so uh, Sean O'Brien is from the Boston area, and he takes no nonsense. And this, um, and so uh, Mark Wayne, uh, in a previous meeting. Uh, the the two of them, Mark Wayne, uh, which is one word, Mark Wayne, uh, and Sean O'Brien went back and forth with each other. Afterwards, uh, in it to his face, Sean O'Brien called him a greedy CEO, and then he also referred to him as a greedy CEO in a tweet that he where he talked about what had happened in the hearing uh, afterwards. And so, in this hearing, Mark Wayne decided he was going to read some of those tweets, some of the mean tweets that Sean O'Brien had after that meeting. And uh, after which, he asked him if he was ready to settle it like a couple of men, and uh, to which. Anybody who's ever challenged anybody from the Boston area knows they're always really ready to settle it somewhere mm. outside. Mm. Uh, and so that they uh, they started uh, uh, to to get up, um, uh, told each other to stand up, and they were going to head on, I guess, I don't know where they were going. I don't know if there's a special ring somewhere within the Senate chambers in which they could have settled this. Uh, well, to uh, the Senate Bernie, gym. I think they got yeah, a gym in the Senate. They do have a gym over there. I was just trying yeah. to, uh, unfortunately, seen, seen uh, uh, Senator Cruz in shorts. Um, and so, um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but Bernie Sanders intervened and, uh, and yelled as, uh, in a, a true Larry David voice, sit down, sit down. You're not, this is you, 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 you are a United States Senator for God's sake. Sit down. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, it, uh, so it ended there, but it was a pretty embarrassing, uh, but maybe not as embarrassing as the right-wing notary of Kevin McCarthy, who, as his colleague, a, but, a Republican colleague... But before was, we before you go there, let, let me oh, just, okay, say, let me just yeah. say this one thing. Sure. It is really... And, and I think this goes back to something we were talking about before, the change in tone. Uh-huh. I mean, I can't... Im- and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've missed something in American history, but it's just hard for me to imagine that that this isn't the first time in my lifetime that where, where I was, well, let me say over the past 30 years, 40 years where I've been conscious, really conscious of government and how government works. It's hard for me to believe that this isn't the first time that a United States Senator has challenged somebody during a Senate hearing to a fist fight. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've not, I don't recall ever hearing of any other case like that. And it and it makes me think again this whole thing about the change in tone that we were talking about in the first segment the, for the yeah. A block. It's just you know I, it's it's permeating yeah. it's permeating the Republican Party. I think I, you know I don't know I mean we we're probably uh, maybe maybe in the modern day society 
uh, of you know, in the yeah, modern day, the Congress and Senate. Because I mean, back in the old days, I mean, they, those dudes used to perform duels at a drop of a hat. Right. They used to go out and start right. shooting at each other in the you know, in right. the in the square. Yeah. Uh, well, that's yeah, what I'm so, I mean, I'm, I'm betting. Years, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm betting back in the 1800s or so there was probably you know some beatings with a cane or something that took place. Well, of course, that was a different time where they yeah. also felt it was okay to enslave other human beings. So oh, was, certainly, yes. There's yeah, a yeah, whole yeah. different they, mindset back then yeah yeah these, these people were really insane um but yeah no I, I don't know i don't know if that has ever taken place but it's it's certainly been ultra rare i would say that uh also ultra rare uh tim burchett uh republican congressman from tennessee was uh, standing in the hallway in congress uh giving an interview with an npr reporter when uh he got shoved in the back turned around to see his old buddy, Kevin McCarthy, who he had voted to oust just a few weeks earlier, uh, walking down the hall without breaking stride, just elbowed him squared in the back. And Burchett then began running after, uh, <laughs> began running after McCarthy, trying to get through his security uh, and uh, told him that he was a coward and a bully and uh, that it was not going to be uh, accepted any longer. And uh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's going great on the Republican side of things. It's uh, really, McCarthy these are the people. holds a grudge, huh? Yeah, these, the these are the people. There was also an incident of, of another, uh, of, of Comer calling a, a, another a colleague of his a smurf uh, during, because he had challenged him on a, on a loan he had given to his brother. Uh, uh, the, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene also had uh, suggested that one of her colleagues did not have male genitalia. Um, oh, my. Uh, yeah, oh, well, I mean, you know, and, and I think he suggested that she did. And, uh, oh, my. And so it's, uh, you know, but no, I'm, I'm joking about that. They did not. Uh, oh. Um, the, the second part, she did. He didn't. Oh. Um, and, and so, yeah, man, going fantastic. Going fantastic. Wow. So... And Those we, are your. Uh, and we didn't we didn't talk about that thing about Lauren Bobert fondling her boyfriend and the the Beetlejuice play. Did we talk about? Yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, we, we? we made her right wing nut that week. You know. Oh, we, we, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's just uh, a just a lot of strange doings over there on that side. Just of the, the best of the best. Just the best of the best. Yeah. That's what they they've elected the best. The best, and it's it's weird to think. It's weird to think the government's not running properly with them in charge. So right. <laughs> who would? Who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? Well, in charge of the house anyway, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 All right, let's get ourselves out of here. Uh, Listen, not until next week, until two weeks from uh, from today. Maybe next week we'll put up an interview or or an old interview and and give you something to chew on while you're traveling back and forth around uh, to Thanksgiving uh, meetings. But uh, as you do so, y'all be extra safe out there. That's right. Be safe and uh, enjoy the holiday. Until next week, y'all be safe. Peace.